Two girls talking. You know what that means. It's time to talk. What's going on in the world? How about your business? How about your life? Let's talk it out. Two girls talking. Hi, everyone. It's Anna. And it's Ashley. And oh my gosh, I'm so excited about our guest today. This is going to be a game-changing conversation for men and women. Yes. Um, out there, and uh, I'm so happy to introduce you all to Dana Look Aramoto. Dana is a leadership and executive coach. She is owner of consulting and advisory firm Phoenix Five, and author of Stop Settling, Settle Smart. Dana, welcome! Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you both. Oh my gosh, we are so happy to have you here. Um, so we have a lot to talk about, Dana. Um, and I feel like you're going to be dropping some knowledge bombs today. Yeah. Um, we're going to be honing in on a very, very personal experience that you had as a new mother and something that I personally have experienced as well. Right. And I don't think it's talked about enough. We're going to be talking about postpartum depression. And I want to jump in real quick. And this is not just a podcast for moms or parents or actually, you know, parents at all. This is actually talking about our physiological changes that affect our mental mm -hmm. stability and instability and illness. And it's, it's really, really important to talk about these things because postpartum depression affects an entire family and those around us, mm -hmm. not just a mother. Yeah. So when you hear that, don't tune out yep. because this could very easily oh, yeah. happen to somebody you know, you, your loved ones, and you need to know the truth about what it is. So Dana, welcome. Woo! So excited to actually meet you today <laughs> yes, virtually thank over you. electronically. So yes. Okay. Ahead. So Dana, I want to hear, we were, we're going to dive into your story, but first tell our audience so we can get to know you a little bit better. Tell, tell our audience a little bit about yourself. Sure. And again, this is so exciting to talk to this uh, amazing group of women. And I can only imagine your listeners, men and women, are as energetic and forward-thinking <laughs> as you. So it's great to be in your tribe. So thank you again. So I spent 23 years in staffing, doing recruiting and training and hiring and mentoring and sometimes firing and developing thousands of people in the talent world over a long period of time. I helped owners and founders grow their company and have very successful exits. I myself always felt like I was a great number two. Then I became a CEO and I went, oh, I'm not sure I want that. So I became a solopreneur three and a half years ago, went out on my own, took the leap, took a lot of courage building to do it. And here I am. Uh, along the lines, I also spent about four years in nonprofit. So I like to say I had my head job, my heart job, and now I'm doing my life's work, which is my soul work. Sure. Oh, Great. That that's wonderful. Amazing. Okay. So in addition to doing your soul work, I want to talk about your journey to becoming a mother. Uh, not just a mom, and many of our podcast listeners are, are, women. are working, women and working moms. Yep. And we've all experienced this, like, okay, we're having a baby, and we get back to work a couple weeks later. You, Dana, returned to work eight weeks after you delivered your first daughter. So let's dive in. What happened next? Yes, and I want to also reiterate what Anna said earlier in the opening. If you have not had any you know, part of postpartum depression yourself or with your family, my guess is you probably know someone who has, but it's very underground and we don't usually ask for help. So that was really my punchline 20 years ago. It feels like 
In some ways it was yesterday and in other ways it feels like I'm telling someone else's story, which is why I talk about it in my book and I talk about it in podcasts and I'll talk about it with anyone on the street that wants to talk about it because (laughs) one in 10 women experience postpartum depression. And yes, it is the entire family. And in some cases it's the community affected because let's face it, our neighbors and our friends are our family in some cases. It isn't just blood that's thicker than water. That's in the book too. So went back to work at eight weeks later, not a great choice. Wasn't feeling right. I had never had a period cramp or a mood swing. So I didn't know what the heck was going on, but I was off for sure. And when you compress yourself and going back into a high powered executive level job, with yeah. a baby and a first time mom and you're feeling the baby blues it, mm-hmm. for me it was way more than that and it's really you know i think that that we as 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 mothers especially new mothers and you're in that working environment you put so much pressure we put so much pressure on ourselves to boom get back to normal mm-hmm. get back to where we yeah. are on so yeah. many levels mentally Physically, mm-hmm. I mean, how many people are, I mean, how many people are like, you know, look at Kate Middleton, right? Princess Kate. They're like, oh my gosh, she was wearing her size three G's right after the baby. I know. That was not me. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's not 99.9% of the women. It wasn't Princess Megan. So, yeah. And so then like, what, what happened? So you noticed you were feeling off, you were feeling different and you knew that something wasn't right. Did you do anything? And, and what happened? Or did you just... Or just keep going, or did you keep pushing yourself? Because I feel like that's what we do as women. We go, 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 we push. I do that. I I mean, like, Anna and I talk about this a lot. I tell her, actually, all the time, stop. She's like, stop, just stop. Anyway, so, like, what did you do? Especially as type A, overachieving, high-powered, high-profiled, superhero-type people and women, yeah, I just was pushing through. Like, you push out the baby, and then you just keep pushing through. So, like, that was the theme of the day. Just keep (laughs) pushing. So... Yeah, I was going to crash, but didn't know it. And it kind of came to a head in a perfect storm all at one time. And so then I was really forced to ask for help because I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I could not keep myself awake or productive at work. I was very, very concerned and worried about my baby who was perfectly healthy. I was the one who wasn't healthy. She was sleeping great. And I'm up at night going, when will she wake up? What will she need? Why isn't nursing working? I mean, Mm -hmm. it was everything all at once, worst case scenario, coming to a head, which was the only way apparently I was going to get the wake up call that it was time to ask for serious help. Sure. Wow. Wow. And okay. So you knew you need to ask for help. Um, me having gone through this, I didn't know what I had. I didn't know I needed help Mm -hmm. until my sister came to me and I wasn't even staying. I think we were staying at my husband's parents because I was just so couldn't even take care of myself or my family. My sister came and she's like, we're going to go and get you help right now. We're going to go to a psychiatric facility. And I like never talked about this before, but she's like, I'm going to go and get you help right now. And she took me so smart. And my mom met me there and my sister, and they waited with me. And I truly, I was like, I did not know I had a problem because you're just so clouded. Also too, it wasn't your first. So I I would imagine, and I, I mean, I don't know, none of us here are medical doctors or psychologists. So um, but I would, I would imagine that if it doesn't happen to you the first time and it can happen whenever, mm-hmm. but if it doesn't happen to you the first time, you really don't know. You know. I, and then maybe that's why. So 
so you had the courage to ask for help. Who did you ask? What did you ask for? And what did you do? Yeah. Well, it was a series of failed attempts, quite frankly, and this is keeping it real. And I love this about both of you in this podcast. So I'm going to keep it real. Yeah. My OBGYN said, you have the baby blues. And he was completely wrong. Tested my thyroid, came back fine. Short panel thyroid test. So for women that understand the complexity, and I'm not a doctor as well, but I know enough to be dangerous having gone through this. If your thyroid is not fully tested, like you're only testing partial of T3, not T4, not looking at the pituitary gland, the long panel, you may miss it. Well, in fact, that's what happened. They missed what was going on with me. And so I had endocrine issues. I had hormone imbalance issues. I had going back to work too early and trying to be in a high power job and take care of baby issues. You name it, I had it. So after a long period of time of suffering and really being truly emotionally, physically, mentally sick, I ended up with a psychiatrist who actually helped me figure out, wow, here's what's actually going on. It's a complex scenario. And it was my first child. And so I really felt like a duck out of water. I just had no idea what the heck was wrong with me. And it took a, a little while to even admit to myself that it was beyond this complex thyroid issue. I wanted to hide behind that for a while. Yeah. Oh, I could tell my employer that, yep. but I'm not going to say postpartum depression. I'm not going to use right. the depression word. Mm -hmm. Because there's this stigma around it, right? Yeah. And, I, and I think that's why I'm so happy we're having this conversation because mm -hmm. for so long, I didn't want to tell anyone what I was going through. For me, I had, I was also, I was diagnosed with Lyme disease. So I hid behind that. That was my diagnosis. I never told anyone in addition to Lyme, I had that. And that's sad but because that's the stigma. It is. So what do you say for women who may be feeling like who who have experienced this who got went through what you went through what i went through and they want to hide behind this ppd how do you get them to come out how do we come out yeah yeah so first of all it, it, it this is a serious topic obviously incredibly serious there are other topics that might be a little less serious that have the exact same impact. So yeah. if you need some time off or you need more time for vitality or you want more time with your family, your employer in particular in a work context is probably a little more understanding than you even give them credit for. Mm -hmm. And in my case, I was on a female executive team and didn't tell them. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, and most of them were moms. They would have understood. They would have been supportive. They might have rallied around me had I given them a shot with integrity and authenticity to tell them, hey, here's what's going on. Sure. And I didn't. And in my case, I know this is really hard to hear. And if you need to tune out for a minute and come back in a minute, I'm willing to cover this for like 45 seconds. I ended up on the wrong medication and also didn't say anything about how bad I was doing with the medication I was given. And I had a suicide attempt, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Which yeah. I talk about in the book. And so uh, if you're reading the book and it's too much, avoid pages 91 to 93. There's mm -hmm. the disclaimer. It was unbelievably challenging for me to admit that even the medication wasn't working. And in fact, I was getting into a dark place. I also hadn't experienced what that was like. So ask for help and ask everyone, a partner, a friend, a neighbor, a spouse, a, you know, an, an employer, an employee, a clergy, ask someone for help. 
your doctor for goodness sakes and let them know in reality what's going on. Yeah. What can, what advice do you have for those, for family members, for friends, for colleagues, for pastors, um, for anyone who has a loved one who's suffering from, from PPD, what, what can you say to them to have them help their loved ones? This will sound very simple. Be kind. We -hmm. have to be kind to ourselves. We have to be kind to one another and we need to really listen. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it just is enough to be heard Mm -hmm. and it gets you to be more open and it gets you to share more when you feel truly you're being heard and it starts with kindness. And for me, Mm -hmm. it was the psychiatrist who happened to have his own story. Uh, He was paralyzed. I mean, he was an amazing human being and had his own struggles and it was almost like a two-way dialogue relating to each other. He could probably be empathetic yeah. in many ways. And that's what you need when right. you're going through that. It's some, you're right. It is kindness and empathy. Like, I remember somebody told me, like, just cheer up. I'm like, that's the worst thing you could right, tell me. Right, right. That's the worst thing. And it's also interesting because you say that about opening up because none of us really know what anyone else is really going through. Like, I've known Ashley since before she got married and had kids. And mm-hmm. I didn't even know any of this Mm-mm. about her. So, I mean, and her oldest is, what is Ellie? She's, she's nine and a half. She's almost 10. Yeah. So see, I've known her for a long time, yeah, for more than 10 years. Yeah. And I didn't know. I didn't tell this. anyone. And I think that's the problem. Like I felt there was this stigma around Such it. A stigma. Well, part of it, it was like, I have no idea what the heck is happening well, right now to me. But also once I discovered, once I was diagnosed with that, in addition to Lyme, I didn't want to tell anybody right, because I right. thought I was going to be judged. I ran a business. I ran a company. I had put on this persona and I, this is actually going to get right. into my next question of, I can do it all. I'm superwoman. Right. Look at me. I'm Ashley Bernardi and I've, I've got my, I've got my shit together. Yeah. When in reality, like, no, I don't. So, and I think it's the type of women we are yeah that we don't like to show weakness yes and, and that's yeah i don't know that that we would consider this a, a, a weakness i wouldn't consider it a weakness at all but i think it is a mindset that we get into that we can balance everything but you say yeah. that we need to stop trying to equally balance it all like i was definitely trying to do all the things all the time please right. my husband please my kids blah 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 i came last so tell me more about why you think we need to stop trying to equally balance everything yeah so flash forward in the story i became a single mom later i had a second baby thank goodness no postpartum depression the chances are 50 percent that you'll have it again so going into that knowingly is not for the faint of heart right and my ex-husband at the time bless his heart for you southerners bless his heart He was really wanting to have four kids. He compromised it too. And, you know, that was enough for me. Believe me, they're 16 and 20 now and we are in it. That's another show. So (laughs) single mom for 11 years. So talk about complexity and needing help. So that's when I started to get the light bulb to go off that there is no such thing as work-life balance. There is no such thing as equilibrium in all aspects. And Ashley, I want to just echo what you said, because this is the common myth. We are taught by incredible people, not just women, women and men, in the public domain that we can have it all if we simply do it all, all at one time. And that's not real. It's bullshit. 
the myth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so, and this is really what you teach. So like, I want to get into the book and, and stop settling and settle smart. So I tell our audience, how did you come up with it? What does it mean? Yes. What does it mean to settle smart? Yeah. It's a bit of a provocative word, right? Settling in particular people immediately because we do feel like it's weak if we settle we have turned that word upside down. It's not even the dictionary definition of settling because in the 1800s, settlers were settling on the land. They were building foundation and home, right? We really do a number on words. And so settling is neither good nor bad. It's settling more or settling less situationally and relatively in everybody's individual, like a fingerprint. So we have five key facets of life that unify us as humanity, regardless of male, female, socioeconomic status, race, doesn't matter. We were all given the same amount of hours every week. Thank you, Laura Vanderkam, 168 hours a week. I love that. That's That's all we got. Love Laura Vanderkam. (laughs) love her we have five key facets of life our career however you define it even students your job might be school I tell this to my kids they don't really listen (laughs) career we have generations our family however we define it blood or otherwise we have our friends we have society which might be church or neighbors community giving back activism and then we have vitality self-care health and wellness that's it that's Mm -hmm. the five facets of life And it struck me after working with so many individuals and building so many teams and companies, always working with and through people, that people tend to separate, compartmentalize, and wear a mask at work when it comes to work or life. And it's the or that became the genesis for the book. I okay. love that. That's so great. And, and you also have a quiz. So I want, cause I, I, I took the quiz and you need everyone I here needs take to the, take the quiz. It. We'll, we'll um, it, it was kind of eye opening for me. So t- um, tell us about the quiz and what people can discover about themselves. Yeah. So we can do just a quick mini one now. So if you were to just close your eyes for a minute and think about this, if you're driving, don't close your eyes or keep your eyes wide open. <laughs> an endless bucket of money and a magic wand. We bequeath you with all of this openness and no boundaries, like you're free. If you were to have a current desired state of life versus a truly desired state of life, what your current state is or your real desired state, I would tell you it would be very different how you would put your poker chips in those five facets. You'd put a bunch in career, a bunch in vitality, a bunch with family. You might put less with friends and less with society. I don't know. It's individual. Most people, though, are so busy trying to balance. Let me put all of my chips in each of the five facets. If I have 100 chips, I'll put 20 in each. Right. And before you know it, you're burned out and you wonder why. You don't want 20 chips in each of the five. You probably want 30 in one bucket and 50 in another bucket and 20 in another bucket. Oh, you're out of chips. So, okay, great. You're out of chips. Go live the life you really want. Don't wait for an endless bucket of money and a magic wand. And now, what, what is this uh, quiz called? It's the Stop Settling Spectrum. 
So okay. we're looking to find where you're settling more, where you're settling less, and where that's actually what you desire. And most people are not being honest with themselves, which is why there's a free quiz. Right. So no, I love it. And I was not being honest with myself when I took it. So when the results came up, I was like, oh, disappointed. Oh. Well, no, I was like, I, I want to be more involved in activism, but I'm not doing anything with it. Right. And like truly. And, and I was like, wow. Um, it, it opened my eyes that like something needs to change. So that's, that's what I was going to ask you with this quiz, you have this quiz and then what, what, and, and we, you we work with data. data. I mean, you right. read the book. But like, what do you, yeah, that's what, a great what's question. What's the next step? Yeah. Well, it's beautiful. You two have each other. So you could be a model for your listeners. So you tell each other, here's the one incremental change I'm going to make. I'm going to take five of those poker chips out of the bucket. I have a lot of chips in. Let's say it's career. I have 80 chips there. I'm going to take five chips and put them in activism into the society bucket or facet. I'm going to just move those chips. You're not going to go buy somebody else's chips or have somebody gift you their chips or like, you know, harass them on the street. Give me your chips. This is not how it works. You're going to take your own chips. You're going to move a few of them into an area you want to do more in and tell a friend, tell a loved one and get yourself in the position where you're being held accountable. Okay, that's what I was going to say. So I have an accountability yeah. buddy. Okay, Anna, yeah, I'm going to tell you all about my quiz after this. Okay, so we, and you're going to take it but, when, afterwards, but, and we're going to find out what you <laughs> are, too. I will say this, that when it comes to saying and wanting and doing, all these things that you've said, I've actually said this to my business coach, uh, Carlene Sinclair Robinson. Um, I've actually said to her, I need you to hold me accountable. And sometimes when I go and I see her disappointed look or I see her scolding look at me, I realize I have to get moving and going. And it takes me longer, I think, sometimes than she would like, probably longer than I would like, but I eventually get there. And is that okay that it takes longer? It beats not doing it at all, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, yes. It does. But I don't know. Sometimes you know you get in that whole that whole mindset like, I should have done this already. Like, why have? Oh, the shoulds. Here we go. Thank yes, you for stepping in my trap of should. Yeah, I'll I say it carefully. Okay, yeah. So let's Three talk about moves. that because you talk a lot about this. The shoulds. The shoulds. What are your thoughts on? Oh, I should do this. I should. I should. I should be an activist. I don't even know where to start. But anyways, what do you say to that? <laughs> She doesn't know what she well, first of all, do you even really want to be an activist, right? Or is it something you believe is the right thing to do from somebody else telling you that or some role model that's not really identifiable or even achievable that you want to become? Or, you know, growing up, someone said, you need to do more to give back. And it, it gets filed in our brain. Our brain's a computer. And then we live our life trying to spin ourselves in a hamster wheel, running a sprint inside of a marathon, balancing on this teeter-totter. And, oh, once again, guess what? We're burned out. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we rest or roll out of the wheel and we're exhausted or sick. And then we get back in the wheel, right back at it. I mean, it's amazing to me what we do to ourselves because we actually believe we should not because it's what we really desire. Right. Well, I, and, so I, and I get that. And I think, and I think that there's, and I, I hear everything you're saying and I, I agree with that, but I bet you that there are people out there who are like, Oh, well, this is like some of that new age, you know, hooey or whatever. Like we should all like do this and we should all, I mean, I can hear it because I'm also still a journalist. So I can hear it from, cause I hear all sides. You know, oh, well, I don't need to work. I shouldn't have to work. I'll let so-and-so else feed me, or I shouldn't do this. I mean, what do you say, and this is 
I know we're completely, this is taking stuff, a lot of stuff out of, you know, this corner into this corner, but there are going to be those people who will say, well, you should work. Mm -hmm. You should do what you have to do to support your family. And that's not what you're saying, but that this is, do, do you understand what, what I mean? There are going to be those people who are going to be like, this whole thing is ridiculous. Of course you should do these things because yeah. you are an adult and you know, civilization. So, you know what I mean? What do you say to those? In yeah, my, I mean, we have free will. And if that's too new age, then it's too new age. We yeah. have free will. Yeah. And we don't have any control, by the way. We have a ton of choice. And for those of you that are parents or that deal with kids or work with kids, or for those of you that are teachers of our children, thank you for that work you do. If that's new age, okay, I'll go with it. Let's just say it's new age for those of you that are actually thinking to yourself right now, oh, this is like new age hooey. And you're right, Anna, a lot of people are probably thinking that. Remember you have choice and you are gonna work most likely, especially in today's society and economy. I'm in California, I'm in Silicon Valley, like two income families, Ooh, it's the yeah, only way yeah, you live. Yeah. So you're gonna work. The question is, do you do what you love or love what you do? And if not, why are you doing something that you don't love? You can make money and provide income for your family in so many different ways. And it's not as if all your poker chips are in career and you have no other time or energy or productivity or value derived from those other facets. In fact, most people are spread too thin. Yes. The real message is situationally and relatively, make a conscious choice, make a voluntary choice. That's the message. Right? So I, I, yeah, that's great. I'm, I'm curious for our listeners, what have you seen change for folks that you've worked with once they've read the book, taken the quiz, you've worked with them one-on-one? -on -one? What, give us a couple examples of like what, how people's lives have changed. Yeah, it's interesting because mostly I coach executives. And, right. you know, the last 10 years of my career was as an executive. Yeah. And so a lot of executives, men and women across different industries that I coach, we arm wrestle about taking some of their chips out of career. Yeah. And moving some of them into vitality because they're putting themselves last and they are getting sick and they are burning out. When you're an executive, especially if you're a founder running a company, or even if you're running, I mean, I coach yeah, somebody I, a Fortune I, One company, and we know yeah. who Fortune One is, no names, you can look it up. So these people, including yourselves, are leading by example. So if you think for one minute that your employees and your team and your listeners of podcasts and the people you influence directly or indirectly are not going to do what you do, they're only going to do what you say, you are so wrong. Mm -hmm. They right. follow what you do, Absolutely. not what you yes. say. Right. Such right. a great point. No, it's true. It's true. I work with the uh, uh, one of my uh, one of my partners that I work with is also a leadership coach, and it's one of the things that she, you know, when I when I go to hear her speak, it's one of the things that she talks about a lot is leading by example. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and and you're you're right. You know, you have you you hear those horror stories about those places of work where it's like, you know, you've got to give your kidney, otherwise you're not really all bought in. And it's it's really, really interesting because you know, right now, generationally, we're having these whole, you know, fights between, you know, okay boomers and the millennials and how we're all moving. And 
you know, you, you hear the arguments about Ashley's generation, millennials, um, <laughs> that they don't work. And that's not true at all. They do. I've hired tons of millennials and they're, fabulous, me. Including <laughs> and they're fabulous. But I think it's a mindset of how you look at what it is. It's like the priorities change and that's normal. Like, I don't think that my, I know that my priorities from 25 are not the same as they were. From yeah, we're evolving. And like my priorities and from should. last year right. are different. Like, you know, now that we're in 2020, you know, looking into like what my priorities are for my business are very, very different. Yes. Like for me right now, it's like, slow down a little bit. You don't need to be this massive PR firm. I don't want, you know, so it's really listening to like right. listening within right. and not doing like what society you think you need right. to be doing based on what society. Exactly. I think it's almost kind of like working smarter. Yeah. You know, I think it's almost settle like a, smart. Yeah, there we go. That's yeah. it. And enter data. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly it. And smart from a goal perspective stands for specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-based. And so when I'm doing strategy work, that's what we use. We use the smartified approach for work goals. And my message is there's no difference in work and home and society. You're you in all right. aspects of life, every walk of life. So be smart. That's right. Oh, I love gosh. that. Oh my gosh. Such Absolutely. great advice, Dana. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I want you to have an opportunity to share yes. with our listeners. Where can they find more information about you and your book? Great. Thank you. So settlesmart.com. You'll find the quiz. You'll find a link to the book on Amazon. You can actually send me a note and tell me how you're doing, what you're working on, sign up for the newsletter and for social on Twitter at Dana to the fifth and Insta Dana look Arimoto. My second and final husband's Japanese. Thank you, honey. <laughs> and on LinkedIn for sure. So please keep me posted how everyone's doing with their smart goals. And you uh, listeners can go to the website, twogirlstalking.podbean.com, and you will be able to find all the links that Dana just uh, mentioned right now. You'll be able to click on them and go directly to those links. And let's talk book giveaway. Yeah, we're giving away a copy of your book. Oh my Yay. gosh, which is so exciting. It's yes. such an amazing book. Um, I loved it. I know whoever wins it is going to love it. And if you don't win it, you need to go and buy it on Amazon. So we're doing a book giveaway. Um, how are we doing that? How, are we, how do we want to do this? What, what do they have to answer? Or what is the best answer for one of your questions that you can give us now? I guess yeah, so... Work-life balance is a myth. We talked about that a lot. So try to keep this in mind and let's have them answer this. The trade-off is work-life integration. You're blending things that you do. Maybe, you know, you're working out with a best friend while you're talking about your next project. So you're blending a little bit of the way you leave your life, which will create more time, space, productivity, joy, and value. It's a performance enhancer. You can even bring that into work. Maybe you're bringing your kid to work to do an internship. I don't know. Like, let's get creative because then what you receive is harmony and harmony beats balance every time. So I'd love to hear somebody's story of how they're integrating currently or aspirationally what they're willing to do. What one increment are you willing to make or change in the way your settling spectrum works with those five key facets? Okay, fascinating. And they that. can send you a message on your website, right? Absolutely. 
Perfect. Great. All that right. Great. Great. Dana, thank you so much. Yes, Dana. I mean, thank you. So and interesting. What's everything? Your personal journey. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. And yes. Thank you for um, just the courage to to share your story of mm -hmm. of PPD, and um, I know it's going to help so growth? many others. Yeah. And here you are now, an amazing it's, it's, author, coach. Yeah. It's just awesome. So so inspiring. Everyone who's listening, thank you so much. I think this was such a, an important episode. Yeah, I'm really uh, and I'm really honored that Dana can join us to, to share. Yeah. Can I add one thing? Oh, yeah, please. Because yeah. I forgot. <laughs> no, yes, of course. They can text, do text us. Oh, okay. great. Okay, go. And your listeners can text us at 38470. And oh, okay. they have to text stop settling, all one word. And then they can also sign up for the newsletter and that way we'll also know what's going on with them so they can get that book. Okay. Amazing. All right. Can you give us that number one more time for our audience? You bet. It's 38470. All right. Wonderful. So 38470, text that number. And stop right. settling. Stop settling. All right. So everyone's going to go home and settle smart today. Dana, thank you so much. It was an honor and pleasure to have you. Yes. Thank you so much. And uh, listeners, we will hear you again, or you'll hear from us again in two, two weeks. weeks. <laughs> Bye. Bye.